وَعَلَىٰ and upon الَّذِينَ those who هَادُوا they became Jews. On the Yahud, what happened? حَرَّمْنَا we made unlawful, we forbade them, what? كُلَّ every, meaning every animal, that was the ظُفُر possessor of nail. The possessor, ظُفُر nail. Meaning every animal that had a nail, that animal was forbidden upon the Yahud. The ظُفُر has to be understood. ظُفُر is from the root letters ظَفَرَ And ظُفُر is used for such nails. Okay, ظُفُر is singular of أَصْفَار. ظُفُر is used for such a nail with which hunting cannot be done. You know, some nails are sharp. You can say they're like claws. Okay, like for example, that of a cat or a dog. Okay, they're sharp. Or a lion. And then there are some other creatures that have nails which are soft. For example, your own nails. Okay? Or for instance, the feet, the toes of, let's say, horses and goats and sheep and camels, they cannot hunt with them. Their hooves, they cannot hunt with them. Alright? So the zufur, such animals that have soft nails. Alright? But remember that zufur is singular. It is singular. So it is referring to those animals which have one hoof. Meaning a hoof that is not cloven. Alright? A hoof that is not cloven. Now there are some animals amongst the an'am, amongst the grazing livestock, whose hooves are such that are split from the middle. They're split from the middle in such a way that they have two, you can say, toes or three, sometimes more. And other creatures, other animals are such that they have one hoof only. There's no split in the middle. So, for instance, in these pictures you will see that compare the camel hoof with the goat hoof. See the camel hoof, this is the back side, alright? The camel hoof, you see that it's not split from the middle. It's just one, alright? And the goat, on the other hand, it has two toes, alright? Two nails, correct? So, from these two animals, which animal do you think was haram on the Yahud? The camel. Why? Because it was the zufur, possessor of one hoof. Meaning it was not split from the middle. So camels, forbidden on the Yahud to eat. Goat, on the other hand, allowed. Then, compare these pictures. Look at the horse. The horse, again, it is connected. You do see almost a split in the middle, but it's not completely split. On the other hand, look at the sheep. Okay, The sheep hoof is again two toes. Cow, again, Two toes. So from these animals, which ones do you think were halal for them to eat? Cows and sheep. Horse, was it halal for them to eat? No. Alright. Now look at this picture. Duck. Duck has webbed feet. Even though it's got three toes, but still they are connected from the middle. Compare chicken on the other hand. They're separated. Each finger, each toe is separate. Now again, donkey. It's all connected. It's not divided from the middle. Deer, on the other hand, it is divided. So, وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ هَادُوا حَرَّمْنَا كُلَّ Every animal having one toe, one nail, it was forbidden. And obviously this is from the an'am, this is from the grazing livestock. 
Women and from Al-Baqar, the cows, the cows which were otherwise permissible, but from the cows there was something that was not permissible for them to eat. And not just the cows, but also Wal-Ghanam. Ghanam, the sheep. From the cattle and the sheep. Haramna, we forbade, alayhim upon them. Shuhumahuma. Fats of them too. Shuhum is the plural of shahm, and it's used for fat. So the fat of the animals that they could eat, such as cows and sheep, the fat was not allowed. They could not use the fat. And if you think about it, fat is what? It is basically connective tissue. This is, fat is what connects the meat with the bone and connects parts of the meat with other parts of the meat. But imagine, fat was not allowed for them to eat. Illa, except, meaning except for that fat, which was ma that which hamalat, it carried. What carried? Zuhurahuma, backs of them too. Zuhur, plural of zahar. Meaning, the fat which was on the back of the animal, so on the backbone, that they were allowed to eat. But all other kinds of fat within the cow, within the sheep, they were not allowed to eat. As well as aw or al-hawaya. Al-hawaya, plural of hawiyya. And hawiyya is used for small intestines. So they were allowed to eat that fat which was within the small intestines. Aw or ma that which ikhtalata, it was mixed. Ikhtalata from kha lam ta. It is to be mixed. So that which was mixed بِعَظْمٍ with bone. Meaning that which was closely attached to the bone, it was like part of the bone, you couldn't really separate it, that fat they were allowed to eat. So generally, animal fat was forbidden. The meat they could have, but the fat they were not allowed to eat. Except for which fat? What do we learn over here? Which one? That which was? That which was on the back. Secondly, Intestines, small intestines of the animal, and thirdly, that which was mixed with the bone. Now imagine, they slaughter a cow, but then they can't just eat it freely. Just imagine, when you have any piece of meat, you can eat it so easily. You don't have to think, oh, this part of it not halal, this part of it, okay, I can eat, this part I cannot eat. No, when you're eating, you have the freedom to eat all of it. You don't have any restrictions. But these difficult restrictions were imposed on the Yahud. Why? Allah says, ذَلِكَ ذَاتْ جَزَيْنَاهُمْ We recompense them, meaning we punish them. Why? بِبَغْيِهِمْ Because of their baghi, because of their rebellion, meaning because of their crossing the limits, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them. And what was that punishment? That good things were made haram on them. وَإِنَّا And indeed we لَصَادِقُونَ Surely ones who are truthful. Meaning we are truthful in this. Meaning what Allah is telling us, about the Yahud, as to why certain things were made haram on them, that is the true account. So what do we see over here? That a good thing, a tayyib food, being haram for someone, is not really a good sign. The mushrikeen of Makkah, what did they do? They forbade good things on themselves. Don't eat this animal, don't eat this sheep, don't eat this camel. If it's born like this, then eat it. If it's born like that, then don't eat it. If it's the tenth born, then don't eat it. All these restrictions, self-imposed restrictions, they were what? They were basically making themselves similar to who? Those who were punished by Allah. 
those who were punished by Allah. So this teaches us a very important lesson that we have no right to change the law of Allah. We have no right to make halal haram and haram halal. And if we do that, then we are imitating who? We're trying to become like who? People who have been punished by Allah. People who have been punished by Allah. So be very careful. Also we learned that these restrictions were imposed on them. Why? Because of yes, they are general sins, but also because the Yahud, they made certain things unlawful on themselves out of extreme piety. Out of extreme piety. They said, oh, we're too good. We want to be closer to Allah, so we're going to refrain from these things. Ya'qub salam, he left certain things, all right, but that was out of love for Allah, like you sacrifice something that you like in order to come closer to Allah. Something is becoming a barrier between you and Allah, so you say, okay, I'm going to leave it. For instance, you have a watch, Alright? And you earned it through halal means. You are allowed to wear it. But you feel that every time you wear it, you become very proud. So you feel that it's becoming a barrier between you and Allah. So what do you do? You get rid of that watch. So that is what Ya'qub had done. That certain foods he made unlawful on himself. So the Yahud, what did they do? They said, we're also going to leave this, 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 this. And today also, many people, they measure piety according to what? Food. Right? The more conservative you are, somehow you are more pious and righteous. Right? If you don't eat chips, if you don't eat cheese, if you don't eat Cheetos, if you don't eat Doritos, you're just very pious. Why? Because you refrain from all sorts of cheese. Right? If you refrain from different types of food, all of a sudden people think that you're too righteous and pious. No. Definitely this is true that when a person is concerned about what he eats, this is a sign of taqwa. But making halal haram on yourself, that is no taqwa. That is not taqwa. Taqwa is what? Using what Allah has given you and staying away from what He has forbidden on you. Taqwa is not according to your own self-made assumptions and self-made rules and regulations for yourself. And also we learned that the Yahud, they're scholars. You know, they went into such nitpicking, like literally they went into so much detail saying, oh, this is haram, this is halal, this is haram, this is halal, that they made religion difficult for themselves. And when they made religion difficult for themselves, it was made difficult for them. It was made difficult for them. Like for instance, there was once a time when Muslim scholars were debating whether Burraq, the creature on which the Prophet ﷺ went on the night journey, if that is halal or haram to eat. Is it a relevant question? Because... When are you going to see burraq? When are you going to catch one? And when are you going to be able to eat one? It's irrelevant to you. So going into such details, going into details such as, is bone marrow halal or not? Is this part of the meat halal or not? No. If Allah has said you can eat this animal, you can eat all of it. From the brain to the tongue to the intestines to the hooves, you can eat all of it. It doesn't matter. Eat it freely. But if you go into unnecessary details, then you are making the religion difficult upon yourself. So keep religion simple. When Allah has said, this is halal, accept it. And when He has said, this is haram, then stay away from it. فَإِن so if كَذَّبُوكَ They reject you. If the people, they reject you. Which people? The mushrikeen, the yahud, that despite you telling them, Allah has allowed these animals for you to eat, still they don't listen to you. 
فَقُلْ Then you say, رَبُّكُمْ your Lord, ذُو possessor, رَحْمَةٍ of mercy, وَاسِعَةً vast. Tell them your Lord is the possessor of great mercy. And this is the reason why He doesn't punish you instantly. That here you are eating haram, here you are changing His laws, but yet He's not punishing you. Why? Because He is merciful. But don't take advantage of this. Don't think that He will leave you forever because wala and not yuraddu, it is repelled. But suhu, His punishment, I'm from al-qawm, the people, al-mujrimin, those who are criminals. Meaning His punishment is not forever kept away from those who do wrong. Yes, for some time, Allah gives them a chance. He does not punish them instantly. But eventually, His punishment does come upon them. So, while you're hopeful of Allah's mercy, also fear His punishment. While you're surviving right now, despite the wrong that you're doing, have fear. Because the consequences might be very near. سَيَقُولُ Soon He will say, who? الَّذِينَ Those people who أَشْرَكُوا They did shirk. Those people who do shirk, what will they say? They will present an excuse for their wrong actions, for their self-imposed restrictions, for their self-made laws in the religion. What will they say? Lo, if Sha'a he willed, Allahu Allah. If Allah wanted, ma not ashrakna, we associated partners. If Allah wanted, we would never have done shirk. Wala and nor abauna, our fathers. Meaning, we would never have done shirk, and our parents, our ancestors, even they would never have done shirk. So in other words, what were they saying? If we are doing shirk, and Allah did not punish us, He has let us live, then it means it's okay. Then it means Allah likes it. Because if it was wrong, He would have definitely punished us. He would have definitely taken our lives away. He would have definitely destroyed us. But the fact that He's letting us live, He's letting us thrive, it means that He's okay with it. And the fact that He let us do it, that means that He allows it. But this is just an excuse. Because like we learned earlier, just because Allah allows something to happen, it doesn't mean that He approves of it. What does He approve of? That which He has commanded. And shirk is something that Allah has not commanded. Rather, He has forbidden this. So they will present this as an excuse. And this is an excuse that many people present for the wrong that they're doing. They say, well, if I was in the wrong religion, why would I be living? Why would God let me do this? If what I am doing is wrong, why would Allah allow this for me? And why would Allah make it easy for me? So for example, a person starts making money through wrong ways. And he says, well, look, I'm making so much money. All of a sudden, I've become a millionaire. All of a sudden, I have so much money that I don't know what to do with it. So God must be happy with what I'm doing. You Muslims, you extremists, you're very rigid and you're very restrictive. You think interest is haram. You think such and such is wrong. No. If it was wrong, Allah would not have let me earn so much money through this way. Right? And people justify their wrong actions in this manner. But this is a lie. Because... Who told you that Allah is happy with you? Allah gave more wealth to Fir'aun. Allah gave more power to Fir'aun. He gave more freedom to Fir'aun, didn't He? He gave him more. More than you. But what was the end of Fir'aun? 
he was punished eventually. His sins, their punishment, their consequences encircled him. He couldn't get out of it. So they say that لَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا أَشْرَكْنَا وَلَا آبَاؤُنَا And they say, وَلَا and not حَرَّمْنَا We forbade min shay'in from anything. Meaning, if Allah wanted, we would not have forbidden any of these good things on ourselves. If we made them haram on ourselves and Allah let us, that means it's okay to do that. Allah says, كَذَلِكَ Just like that. كَذَّبَ He belied الَّذِينَ Those who مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Before them. The people before them presented the exact same excuse. They presented the same excuse. And we see that this excuse was presented 1400 years ago. It's presented today. And it was presented before the time of the Prophet ﷺ as well. That if we were wrong, God would not have let us do this. So this is an excuse that people present. Allah says, حَتَّى أَنْتِلْ ذَاقُوا They tasted بَأْسَنَا our might. Meaning the people before presented the same excuse until the punishment reached them. Meaning until they suffered the punishment. So in other words, if Allah punished the people who gave the same excuse, what does that mean? That this excuse was not acceptable. What they claimed was not correct. It was a false justification. So if you make the same excuse, that is also a false justification of the wrong that you're doing. قُلْ say, هَلْ is عِنْدَكُمْ With you, near you, مِنْ ilmin From knowledge. Meaning, do you have any knowledge? Any knowledge of what? Of all that you say? Whether it is shirk, or making certain things haram, and making certain things halal. If you have any knowledge... Any evidence for this, فَتُخْرِجُوهُ Then you all take it out, meaning present it lana for us. Because the mushrikeen, like we learned earlier, they had made many good things unlawful for themselves. And at the same time, they had made many haram things lawful for themselves. And what was the reason for that? What was the proof of that that they gave? If we were wrong, Allah would not have let us. But that is not an evidence That is not an evidence. If that was an evidence, then everything that happens in this world would have been correct. Whether it is rape, or it is murder, or it is theft, then every evil action would have been okay. But is it okay? It's not okay. Your heart tells you it's not okay. Right? The fitrah, it tells you it's not okay. So, what is a valid proof for anything that you do? Ilm. Ilm. What is a valid proof for something to be permissible or not permissible? Ilm. And what is that ilm? Based on revelation. Based on some revelation. قُلْ هَلْ عِنْدَكُمْ مِنْ عِلْمٍ فَتُخْرِجُوهُ لَنَا But the reality is that in not تَتَّبِعُونَ you all follow إِلَّا except أَظَّنْ the supposition. The reality is that you follow nothing but supposition. Assumption. You've assumed all of this. It's just your imagination. You come up with clever excuses. It's just one. Wa in and not antum you illa except takhrusun. You all guess. You're just guessing over here. You don't have certainty. Things that you've made haram. You don't have certainty that they're actually haram. It's just your imagination, which is why you keep revising these things. You keep changing these things. If you were certain, you wouldn't change these things. قُلْ say, فَلِلَّهِ So for Allah, الْحُجَّةِ The argument. 
the proof, the evidence. What is hujjah? Dalil muhkam. It is solid proof, solid evidence for something. So Allah, He gives you solid evidence. Which kind of evidence? Al-Baligah. The far-reaching. Baligah, ba-lam ghayn. Baligah yablughi is to reach. So al-Baligah, meaning that which reaches the conclusion. Allah gives you Solid proof which is conclusive, which is complete. Meaning, when Allah gives you a hujjah, when Allah gives you an evidence, then that is perfect. There is no doubt about it. It is perfect in every way. This is why it can never be refuted. It can never be disagreed with. So for example, over here, what was the hujjah that was presented? That you say, Allah allowed us to do this, He let us do it, so He must be happy with it. What was the evidence that Allah gave for this? That no, this is wrong. Why? Because the people before you said the same thing. And at the end what happened? They were punished. So if they were punished, Allah is not happy with such action. So, قُلْ فَلِلَّهِ الْحُجَّةُ الْبَالِغَةِ فَلَوْ So if شَاءَ He willed, لَهَدَاكُمْ Surely He guided you أَجْمَعِينَ altogether. If Allah wanted, He could have guided all of you. Meaning He could have forced guidance on you. But that's not His way. He's given you freedom. He's given you the choice to do what you want to. And then, in the hereafter, He will requite you for your actions. قُلْ say هَلُمَّ Bring forward. هَلُمَّ means to present, to bring forward, to come. Basically, it's a command that come forward, bring forward, come on, get up, bring up. So, halumma, bring shuhada'akum, your witnesses. Challenge the people now who have based their deen on their whims and desires. Challenge these people now that bring your witnesses which witnesses? Alladina, those who yashhaduna, they will testify, anna that indeed Allah, Allah, harrama, He forbade hada this. Bring forth your witnesses who will say that yes, Allah forbade this goat, this sheep, this camel, you know, all this nonsense. Bring some witnesses who will testify that Allah in fact forbade this. But the reality is that no one can testify to that. Why? Because you can only testify to something when you have knowledge, when you have some proof, when you've seen it, or when you've read it somewhere, when you have some evidence. And when there is no evidence, then you cannot come forward and testify in favor of something or against something. You have to have some kind of proof. Right? So the reality is that they have no proof. But some people, they have the audacity to lie. Correct? Even though they have no evidence, they never saw something, they will still go to court and they will say, yes, I saw this happening. Yes, I believe that such and such person is guilty because he did such and such, he said such and such. Whereas in reality, it didn't happen. But they're lying. Don't people lie about many cases today? Yes, they lie all the time. So some people have the audacity to lie against Allah as well. Lie about Allah as well. So Allah says that, فَإِن so if shahidu, they testify... Meaning they have the guts to come forward and make this false claim that Allah has forbidden these things. Fala, so do not tashhad, you testify marhum with them. You do not agree with them. Why? Because they are lying. Wala, and do not tattabir, you follow ahwa desires. Alladina of those who kathabu, they belied bi ayatina with our verses. Those people who reject our verses, 
you don't follow their desires. Because what happens is that when everybody is saying one thing and you're saying something different, you get influenced by them. You start feeling weak yourself. And you think, I must be wrong, they must be right. The whole world is saying something else. I must be wrong. No. You're not wrong if what you're doing is based on the book of Allah, is based on the revelation that Allah has sent. So even if the whole world lies, you will not listen to them. You will not follow their vain desires. وَالَّذِينَ And those who لَا not يُؤْمِنُونَ They believe بِالْآخِرَةِ In the hereafter. Those people who do not believe in the hereafter, you're not going to follow their desires either. وَهُمْ And they بِرَبِّهِمْ With their Lord يَعْدِلُونَ They equate. We did this word earlier as well. It's from عَدْلْ عِنْدَ And that means to make equal as well. So those who set equals with Allah, you're not going to follow their desires either. So three types of people are mentioned over here. Those who reject our verses, those who don't believe in the hereafter, and those who set partners with Allah. When you come across such people, be conscious, be alert. Don't follow their desires. Rather, over here, what will you follow? Whatever that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. And the thing is, that once you are convinced of what Allah has commanded, what He has legislated, when you are confident about that, then no matter what the whole world says, you will do it. Right? Who presents excuses? Who gets convinced by others? Who becomes weak in his determination, in his resolve? Someone who does not have yaqeen. Right? Someone who doesn't have that determination to do what he believes in. You know, like if you really value your work, if you believe that what you're doing is worth doing, then no matter what the whole world tells you, you're not going to stop it. Whether they pay you for it or they don't pay you for it. Whether they support you or they don't support you. You're not going to leave your work. You're still going to do it. And if you yourself are shaky, then the slightest comment, right? The slightest you know, lack of support, what will that do? It will weaken you and you will give up. So at the end, what is needed is yaqeen on your part. I am going to follow what Allah has legislated. Halal is what He has declared halal. Haram is what He has declared haram. And I am a servant of Allah, so that is what I will do. Even if the whole world follows a different philosophy. Even if the whole world practices something different. It doesn't matter. Let's listen to the recitation. وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ هَادُوا حَرَّمْنَا كُلَّ ذِي ظُفُرٍ وَمِنَ الْبَقَرِ وَالْغَنَمِ حَرَّمْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ شُحُومَهُمَا إِلَّا مَا حَمَلَتْ ظُهُورُهُمَا إِلَّا مَا حَمَلَتْ ظُهُورُهُمَا أَوْ الْحَوَايَا أَوْ مَخْتَلَطَ بِعَظْمٍ ذَلِكَ جَزَيْنَاهُمْ بِبَغْيِهِمْ وَإِنَّا لَصَادِقُونَ فَإِن كَذَّبُوكَ فَقُلْ رَبُّكُمْ ذُو رَحْمَةٍ وَاسِعَةٍ وَلَا يُرَدُّ بَأْسُهُ عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ 
تخرصون قل فلله الحجه البالغه فلو شاء لهداكم اجمعين قل هلم شهداءكم الذين يشهدون ان الله حرم هذا فَإِن شَهِدُوا فَلَا تَشْهَدْ مَعَهُمْ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ أَهْوَاءَ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا وَالَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ وَهُمْ بِرَبِّهِمْ Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik,